Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? Welcome into Tuesday Track Talk podcast uh, special edition this evening as we jump into um, the NASCAR Netflix series. So um, I'm going to kind of take a dive into that. I am Kellen, your Jackman. I am a gas man, Cameron. I'm your tire changer, Cam. So we're just going to just jump in, do a little um, review now that we've all seen it and, and watched it more than once, probably. <laughs> um, jump in it and just kind of review the Netflix series initial thoughts. Um, where do we go next? And then uh, what are some different things that that we feel could be beneficial or um, go along with the fan interaction? So I guess I'll just open it up and kick it off to you guys. What were your initial thoughts? reactions to um this little little five episode series that nascar did with netflix uh literally i couldn't stop watching like as soon as i started that first episode i'm like i have to watch it all i can't like i had to download it so i could watch it on on the plane and and for travel it's just i had to watch it and i'm to the point where i'm re-watching it again Him. Um, yeah, I would say same boat. Um, uh, once I started, I couldn't stop. Um, and obviously, you know, for us who are diehard NASCAR fans and diehard racing fans, like it that's what we dream of seeing, you know, unprecedented access, you know, for these NASCAR guys and getting to see things that even us as diehard fans don't get to see on a week to week basis. So um, overall initial thoughts was it was fantastic. Well done. Um, Just fantastic start to finish. And yeah, definitely hoping we can get, you know, continue this, you know, kind of along the, the F1, um, docuseries how they kind of are rolling out new seasons and stuff like that hopefully this is the start of something for nascar where we can continue to to just build on this and um continue to do a series like this either every year or you know whatever so hopefully this is a starting point but overall it was just a fantastic job so i guess when we when we look at this and and I've kind of, I've, as we set this up, I kind of have two buckets that I'm going to look at in terms of uh, the fan interaction with this series. So kind of starting on what I would consider your diehard, like racing fan side of things. Um, what is something you'd like to see different? Maybe it'd be different drivers, different tracks, different time of the year. Is it good where it's at? Is there... As you watched it, did you have anything you said, man, I wish? What was your one I wish? So for me, I think the hardest, one of the hardest parts is not only as diehard fans, but also talking to some people that are not NASCAR fans that literally have dabbled into it. The one thing I wish they would have done is since they threw you in right in the mix at the regular season finale at Daytona, I wish they would have they pieced it together throughout the series, but I wish they would have started with just a five minute or 10 minute explanation on how the series and playoffs work. 
Here's the point where we are in the season. 16 drivers make the playoffs. Here you accumulate points. I wish they would have just started the series with like. How did we get to this point? How did we get to this point? And then when they throughout the series, when they were dropping in, you know, Bubba Wallace, he's, you know, two below the cut line and, you know, whatever they would have had to do. Cause I felt like throughout the series, then like Dale Jr. would pop in and he would explain, you know, we're going to Bristol and we're going to eliminate another three drivers. I just wish they would have spent like the first 10 minutes of how did we get to this point and where are we going and just covered, Hey, so that when they show the point standings and like who's eliminated, you don't have to throw Dale Jr. in there again for another three-minute debrief or preview on why, you know, these three guys got are getting cut. Um, so I guess that was that would be the one feedback, just because a few people that I've heard from that aren't NASCAR fans and don't watch, they're like, one, they're like, I didn't realize that there's a playoff system in NASCAR, and I didn't realize there's a point system. And the couple things they said was like, we're I'm still trying to figure out you know, how the whole system works. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts were, but I guess the, my my initial thought would be, hey, let's just spend 10 minutes at the beginning explaining where we are, the regular season cut off, and then spend five minutes basically showing here's the playoff bracket and this is how it's going to go. I wish they would have featured non-playoff drivers. Get it from guys that are outside of the championship but are still racing every week. Because I think you have a completely different set of circumstances that you can look at. Does it have to be multiple drivers? No, it could be one or two. Two of them that kind of pop to mind. Uh, Alex Bowman and Corey LaJoy. I think, I think you could get a different perspective as far as uh, what – is what racing week to week is like, and especially being out of the playoffs or even guys that get eliminated throughout the playoffs, stick with them and, and show their story later in the playoff run too, even being out of it. I mean, that was kind of one thing that jumped to mind right away, you know, especially from Joey Logano standpoint, it was, uh, you know, he got eliminated in the first round being the first reigning champion eliminated in the first round. Uh, and that just his story quit there. You had Kevin Harvick's retirement tour and him going through the rest of the races. So I think he missed a storyline there a little bit. Um, so if I had to, if I had to throw my two cents where I think that's what I would throw in, it's get one or two drivers that are in the playoffs or are eliminated early in the in the playoff run. So I guess kind of going from that, and and you've kind of alluded to it already. Uh, what would be a driver or two you would like to see featured in said episode, said miniseries, or are you good with the cast we had, or do you want to see someone else? I don't think we had any of the RFK cars, given I'm as I'm rewatching, I'm on the fourth episode, or got to watch the fourth episode, but I don't think we had any of the RFK cars in there. We didn't have nope. Truex in there. Nope. Didn't have Harvick. I don't think we had Bush. No, nope. we didn't have McDowell. And we didn't have Stenhouse. Mm-mm. So call it half the field. Playoff yeah. field you didn't have. Yep. Which given, I know it's on the production side of things, it's probably hard to do that. Yep. But I, I think you missed out on some opportunities, and especially when, when 
they talked about it later in the episode when they finally introduced Christopher Bell. They were told, yeah, when we were first doing this project, we were given a list of drivers that we feel like we're going to make it deep in the playoff run and and guys that we could cover throughout this entire series. And Bell's like, oh, I wasn't on that list, was I? Nope. I had Truex in our – I think we all had Truex going deep in the playoffs. He wasn't featured at all. Yep. So, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, probably part, it's probably the driver saying yes or no, too, but – you missed out on I think you missed out on some stuff there too. Right. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna re rebuttal that and just say I actually enjoyed the way it was put together in the storylines of hey, we're sticking with the guys that are that the stakes are the highest for. Um you know, this is the NFC championship of NASCAR. And we're not interviewing the Green Bay Packers on NFC championship weekend when they're not playing. Um, so I guess I really, I, I enjoyed one, the drivers that they picked and they, they followed with. Um, I really enjoy the drivers and two, I just can, I, I really did enjoy the way they set it up. Cause it was, you were following along with guys that the stakes were the highest for every single week. And yeah, I just, I think that was, I think it was, oh, yeah. I, I don't personally, like, I don't think I would have thought it would have been a lot better had they included Harvick in it, even though he was on his retirement tour. Like I don't think that would have added much to the to the series. Sure. Fair. Especially I, and I think especially since you were you mentioned earlier, you didn't have that summation of the entire regular season correct. up to that point as well. Yep. But no, I mean I think the pool of drivers they pick. I really did enjoy them. Um because you got kind of all different backgrounds and from different manufacturers you got denny who's obviously the villain we got to have him in 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 the series talk about got, a guy that took advantage of being on those in the spotlight yeah no kidding yeah. almost became a fan of his after watching um <laughs> almost i mean i definitely <laughs> can tolerate him a lot more now oh good for you <laughs> but i mean so you have him the villain who you know whatever but then you go the other end of the spectrum you got the william byron and the christopher bell who they don't i mean they don't say boo they're clean cut guys they're clean cut they go about them business they go about their business they do what they're what's asked of them and then after that you don't hear of them. And then you get in the middle ground. You got Blaney who gets his name in the mix for, you know, whatever. And you get Bubba who gets some storylines and headlines. So I don't know. I thought it was a good mix of drivers. Um, so I'm going to uh, Chastain. You throw him in there too, who was, he was made him a name for himself last year for right or wrong reasons, but. So I'm gonna I'm gonna counter this to 
it with kind of two avenues that I was thinking about this as I was watching. So one is going to be, and, and I'm going to kind of go off of both of you. I'm going to say Van Grohl off of your point with the Harvick thing. Um, I can see the upside to that because then my first thing that went through my mind, like as we think about as a sport, right, we're always looking to what's next to be able to grow this thing. Mm-hmm. NASCAR's most popular driver in there. Chase Elliott. Stick Kevin Harvick. Yeah, right. Chase Elliott. Stick Kevin Harvick in there. Yep. Uh, because you maybe have somebody that was a Harvick guy through and through, and then when he retired, they said, nah, I'm good. Like, you could do that. So when I was thinking about that, and we'll kind of touch on that a little bit later, too, when we talk about um, fans that are – or people that watch that aren't diehard NASCAR fans. But the audiences with those pools, I would agree, um, just because – you might get somebody like that that was just a Harvick fan until he retired, and now they're just like, eh. Um, and again, Chase Elliott with the most popular driver, I felt like that was another one that they opened up and could open up another avenue. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> rightly or wrongly, they don't make docu-series or movies or anything on the dude that finishes eighth in the in the playoffs, unfortunately. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. At the end of the day, you got to cover your storylines, right? You you knew Blaney was going to be there because he's the champ. You knew Denny was going to be there because everyone wants to know, Denny, you're going to win a championship, right? Like, so that's kind of how I thought about that when I was sitting there. I'm like, man, there's a couple avenues, but at the end of the day, they also have to. You got to be with the guys in the fight as well. So that's kind of how it's. I would say, I would say, I guess different in a different scenario or circumstance, I could agree with it. But like, I just don't see the value out of following a driver in there. You know, a Chase Elliott had he been in the docu series, like, I guess when I think of these, like something that's going to draw you in and like keep you, you know, whatever it's something that is like you're waiting for the tipping point of the plot. You know, it's constantly building up to something and I just don't see the value of adding, you know, somebody that's not in it. Well, so because like with the playoff guys, it's like you've got three races, you can build up, build up, build up. Somebody gets axed off, and then next week you go back down, and then you can just build up the same, you know, whatever. Like it builds storylines up and up. And if you don't, if you're not in the in the in the playoff hunt, it's like, all right, well, like as a diehard fan, I'd be like, okay, if this is gonna be, we're gonna cover, you know, these drivers in the playoffs, it'd be like great. Let's take a look at Chase Elliott's weekend this year. This in the playoffs, yeah, he's hoping for a win. He's, I don't know. I think, and I think you could have a better argument for Harvick than you could for Elliott because Harvick was in the playoffs. Even if in that first episode you had a five seven minute spiel about Harvick, he's in the playoffs. It's his last year. Do that quick synopsis of here's his career and what he's done. Gets eliminated from the playoffs, is out of the series. But then at that Phoenix race, 
you do another quick five minute spiel with him and his family at the race and all the guys thanking him and all that. And you get that little sentimental, you know, goodbye deal with him and then pick up from there. So even, even if in the entire series, he got 10 minutes, I think that could have been something you could at least capitalize on a little bit. Did it have to be a focal point? No, but he could have gotten 10 minutes. No. And I think that could have been, you definitely could have through that. St- I agree with that. Like you could have said, you know, when you started off and he did make the playoffs. So, you know, at the cut race, it could have been the storyline is, Hey, he's on his last, you know, retirement tour. And you could have played it out as, can he make a run at a championship in his final year? Yeah. Do or die. Yep. And you could have followed him along for those first three races. And then I think it would have been a neat idea to, you know, pull it back in, in the last episode showing him and his family. And, you know, I, I think you could have definitely given him pay his dues. He he probably, he could have said, no, I'm sure everybody was asked. uh, He probably said no, but, but I'm also not a production team. So true. So I guess, so (laughs) we've been talking about all the things that we want to change and we want to do all this, but, um let's kind of flip the script a little bit let's let's hit on a few of the the shining moments of this whole deal um number one the the cast that they had outside of the drivers still the best of the best in racing booty barker correct like booty barker yeah when you look at the cast that they brought on to support the racers the drivers themselves money um dale jr you bring him in people know who dale jr is um i think marty smith was a very good addition on the journalist side of things with his espn side that was a very good call on netflix's part so that was we're just kind of i was just gonna say we're kind of rattling on the things that we want to change but at the end of the day um very very well done in support with the um supporting staff as well in terms of that so i guess when we look at it do we do we like the five series do we want to see longer do we want to see i want to see more episodes okay i think the episode lengths are perfect little 40 45 50 minute 45 minute 50 minute episodes more episodes i think you can get more out of it then because actually so i think everybody compares this to the formula one drive to survive and rightly, rightfully so, I think. So I want to see how many episodes that they have. Should they have be, 10 episodes. Should be fantastic. It should be pretty cultivating to watch that because Verstappen is stomping everybody, so it should be funded. Which I haven't watched <laughs> in a while, but I am intrigued on that. But that brings up a good point, though, was I think – and this is no bash on the drive to survive one. It could have changed over the years too, since I last watched it, but I feel like they focused a lot on the drama between like the argument between two teams versus the pressure and the performance of the NASCAR playoffs. That's fair. Cause you saw, I... you also saw like all the preparation that goes into it. You saw Byron sitting at home watching SMT data from a race the guys doing the training and the recovery and the, the competition meetings, you saw all that. And then you got to see a little bit of their outside personalities in the race itself. True. 
So like one of your thought and one of the thoughts here might be steering off topic a little bit, but you had a, you know, thoughts on the production itself. I thought it was very good. I think you got everything you could have wanted on a week to week basis. If you had the closed captioning on, they could have done better with that because there were some names that were wrong on there at some moments, but that's only something a diehard fan would pick out. But overall, I thought it was a great production. I would say you couldn't ask for much more in a production because I think as diehard NASCAR fans, I think they went above and beyond the access they gave us. Oh, Oh, yeah. And I think dry. I think the drivers were a lot more open to it, especially like Hammond with the competition meetings at twenty three eleven. Competition yeah. meetings, the the Ford, the Fords before Talladega, like yep. The director of Ford performance saying it doesn't matter. You know, here's priority, but second priority is get a Ford in victory lane. Like, I guess as a diehard NASCAR fan. I did not expect some of the access they gave. Like, I thought it would have been storylines, you know, whatever. I mean, shit, they're sitting in the motorhome with Denny Hamlin and Christopher Bell after they got literally eliminated in what would, so to, so to speak, be their Super Bowl. I was going to say that. Joey Logano getting knocked out, and he's watching the race from... In the hauler. In the hauler at Bristol, when he racked, and he goes, "Well, he racked. We still got a chance, but we need a lot more to happen." Like the oh. Denny Hamlin, like that was literally like you literally just got beat of the playoffs, and they literally just—that's the Green Bay Packers getting eliminated from the playoffs, and then a camera crew being inside the locker room with them. Yeah, we're like, following you. Know, you yeah. don't – I was actually shocked at the amount of access they gave, and kudos to the drivers for saying yes and allowing them to do that because oh, yeah. that's hard. I mean, that's hard not only to do that, but then, like, in some of the biggest moments, like like for Denny, I mean, I would not have been – he's worked his entire life to try to win a championship, and then he gets eliminated – and you saw how gutted he was and how mm-hmm. disappointed, which is good for the series and the production to show how real it is. But, like, ain't no way I would have wanted somebody, a camera crew in my motorhome after that. No. couple things. So when you go off of that, uh, funny, uh, they interview him after, I think it was qualifying at Talladega, and his he walks into his motorhome and his mom's sitting there. Yes. Hey, <laughs> yeah. You were only running 50%. Why did you just – it all the way to the floor he goes mom i promise you i was and she mom, goes i'm in first look. year she she rewinds and she he goes she goes look it says 50 percent. he goes it also says i'm in first year <laughs> i can tell you it was all the way to the floor yep <laughs> so, like that that was funny you're only running 50 percent. come on <laughs> um but i was gonna say and then going from there like the access like you said the access to those meetings but Man, man, that was wild. The radioactive, too. Yep. Doing the raw emotion and not censoring it out, perfect. Yep. Absolutely perfect. I That was, I would say, underappreciated for my aspect. The no filter. I mean, us, we're accustomed to it because we listen to the scanner. We listen to when we're at the track, you know, yep. 
being able to listen to drivers and we listen to NASCAR guys on the scanner. So we have an idea of what they say, but to put out a production and I mean, that it was as real as it can get. There's that's anybody that watches that and says, Denny put that on for a production or for the, no, like, no, the last thing they're thinking about is the Netflix crew listening in on what they're talking about. That was as real as you get. That's who they are. And I actually appreciated that from the radioactive to when they're at their house with their family, when they're at the track, when they're in meetings, we're not cutting anything. It yep. is This is what is said in this is a day in the life of this person or a couple weeks or a couple months. Yeah, that was fantastic. So kudos for not cutting anything out. Yep. One more thing that just kind of came to mind. You talked about like supporting cast, and he wasn't necessarily part of the cast, but you saw multiple times. Michael Jordan. Yep. And the involvement that he has. Like, I don't think everybody knows that he's got a race team, especially on the new fan side of things. So when you know, figure out that one, oh, hey, Michael Jordan's got an NASCAR team. And then two, he was at the races almost every weekend as, yeah. as Bubba was being filmed. He was there almost every weekend. It was it was a case of one discovering he has well one a vested interest in it and two it's not a transactional relationship for them that he actually enjoys the sport of racing he has a personal interest in it he has a personal interest in it not even from just the money standpoint but the raw sport itself yep. so and I was gonna say this too I'm gonna say this before I forget because we got sidetracked before but we were talking about like this the cast the supporting cast outside of the drivers and. You mentioned Marty Smith and his his quote, and I can't remember which episode. He's got was. a lot of them, though. He's got a lot of them, but the one was the sound is intoxicating, the smell is intoxicating, and, and those two things, those yep. two sentences, just like rang, and I'm like, it is. Yep. It, it, any you go to any racetrack, it is. It's just you get out, motors are running, you can smell the race field. It's like all right, we're here. Also, we're here. Also picked up your uh when you're back with the squirrels squirrels you get your nuts busted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're running back with the squirrel, get your nuts cracked. <laughs> yep. For sure. That's another uh, dude. He he just he's so he's so invested and animated in it that it just uh, scripted or not, that was on yep. point, both of those quotes. Yep. Um Michael Jordan, going back on that again real quick, like it was the Bristol race when Bubba was doing a little bit of the strategy car with Bolt, with Booty Barker where he stayed out at the end of stage one to get points and was going to have to pit afterwards. Jordan was there, and again, shows you how invested he was. He was there talking with Booty. Hey, is this what you're planning on doing? Yep, you got it right down to the mark. So he's paying attention to that race. He's he's yeah. looking at the strategy, and he's, he's kind of sitting there and, and figuring out it for himself too. Yeah, that was very interesting to hear him talk. Like he was, he's asking 400 level questions for being a basketball guy. And obviously when you have the money he's put into that team and obviously being a founder, like you don't want to just go into something and be like, yeah, I'll foot the bill and not know what's going on. Yeah. But for an outsider, even, you know, as for a diehard, yeah, I would know Michael Jordan is involved, but I would say that this series definitely goes to show really how involved he is because he's asking yep. 400 level questions on strategy and points and 
how this is going to affect for the win. And or the, a the little time that he had in there where, where they clipped him, him and Booty talking, and it was, yep. Hey, are or we at, staying home for stage points? And then we're going to come in, and you know, then this will get us into the next stage. Yeah, it was fantastic. Or at the Roval when when Bubba did eventually get knocked out, he got spun going into the chicane, uh, from a from you know kind of referring to Daytona getting hit by the guy that got hit from behind. Um, there was Michael Jordan talking about you know you were in a damn good position up until so and so hit you in the rear going in that chicane there, like he's there like talking about those moments too. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. not to get totally sidetracked, but if they continue to do this. Um, if you don't listen to Door Bumper Clear, um, you love racing, go give it a listen. But they had Bubba on last week after Daytona, and he said now that Jordan sold his share in you know his basketball team and uh the Hornets, Bubba oh, he's fully he's, invested. Yeah, Bubba said he's now he's at the shop a lot more. He's in more meetings. Like he said, now Michael's really getting involved. So. If they do another series, which or another, another season series, another season, um, huge opportunity right there. Um, I think to incorporate, you know, I don't want to say because then you're looking at repeating. Well, they covered Reddick, they covered Baba, they covered Denny. If they you know, do another season, and it's like, well, now we're going to incorporate Michael Jordan. Well, you're going to get the same three drivers: Reddick, Hamlin, Bubba. I don't know, but but I think you get another point of view. True, True. you get another point of view. You get that because I there weren't really other. I mean, other than Hamlin, there weren't any really owner perspectives. Like none of the owners really no. hopped on. No, very driver driven. Yep, which I mean, rightfully so. Don't get me they're, wrong. They're the ones that are running the cars anyways. But yep. But I feel like you know, Jordan, he'd be a good so a uh, cameo type of guy. I think Justin Marks would be great for that as well. Yeah. I think he's one of the more he's one of the more innovative car owners out there. I think adding Jeff Gordon in as the vice chairman of Hendrick, I think that brings in a very good perspective as being one of the dominant teams in NASCAR. For sure. So if you do if you do expand it. You could add that in. You get so much more depth then. Right. And that's even in, and you think about it, like those are iconic individuals in their own right. Yep. In very different fashions that again, and we talk about um, what can we do to grow racing? That's put, put Jordan in there. Let Jordan talk a little bit. Yeah. You, you, some of these older race fans that maybe don't follow as closely as they used to, stick Gordon in there. Let's let's tap the market of hey, the Gordon diehards that stepped away because Gordon retired. Let let's give them a couple episodes. Let's yep. let them have at it. Let's do let's do something at Hendricks. Just a simple what's, what's Gordon up to nowadays? You know who else who's entertaining and a staple, and he's entertaining anytime he gets in front of a microphone. Tony Stewart. Oh God. Visit the Stuart Haas camp. Yeah, you're not wrong. If you do that this season too, I mean, we've talked about it on our our podcast episodes, how transparent he was with the media and what he told his team and what the expectations are of the team. 
I mean, if you went, the, if they do another season this year and you go to Stuart Haas, you're going to get the, hopefully the, the Tony Stewart stands, the people that maybe have left racing and, you know, cause Tony's retired or, you know, whatever, but you'd get again, a Denny like character who's well-known and is not afraid to say what's on his mind is going to be a hundred percent real and transparent and you said it. He'll say whatever's on his mind. I mean, shit. He's he tells the media anytime you put a microphone in front of him, what's on his mind. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that you know those couple guys right there would be bringing a whole a whole new level of perspective and I think a market between previous drivers, Tony, Jeff, and then getting into the owner side of it too, Michael, Tony. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting a little bit of more of a behind the scenes or a, a, a what a week to week, or you know, doesn't need to be a full episode, but just give us you know a little bit of what it looks like from their 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 point of view. One question I want to pull out: we we talking a little bit on the production side again. We talked about like the coverage of the drivers and whatnot, but ultimately when it comes down to it, yes, driver personalities is kind of what drives it, but the racing on the track has also got to be there in order to drive into the series. How do we think the racing covering the race itself was during this entire series? It was decent. I thought it was decent. I felt it was a little bit short. You got more of it at Phoenix, obviously. Yeah. You got more at Phoenix than anywhere, which at the end of the day, that's you're racing for all the marbles. Um, I think they could have integrated a little bit more of the a 30 second race blip with the interviews of the drivers. Um, kind of as they went, like here's 30 seconds. So it's there's it's Bristol, there's 40 to go. Insert individuals running here. Then it kind of just fortes into or forlays into the storyline of eliminations when they show the cut line, it says, Oh, he got eliminated. Well, then at least you have a little bit of a, a lead into each raw, especially the elimination races, each individual mm-hmm. getting eliminated where they just show a clip. They show the clip of Joey wrecking. Yeah, they did, but there was no bearing of it. It was just all of a sudden that clip was there. Yep. So I think integrating just 20 second race clips with those interviews and you can even give a backstory as they're going through there as well with those race clips and just be like, this is what's going on. Here's where we're at in the race. These are the implications down the road. I don't think you could just show up straight. So show battles throughout the field. Yeah. Two playoff guys run with each other. Yep. Clip it in there. In. I know you had like Bubba and Larson at, excuse me, at Texas, but they were fighting or starting to fight kind of leading up to that moment. You kind of, you may have missed a little bit on that too, where, all yep. these guys are are fighting, fighting, fighting for Lee. This is getting really good. Bam, Larson spins, and now he's out of it. Yeah. I think you definitely could have. I think they definitely could add more racing into it. Uh, more footage of racing. Um, Given we're working again, with five episodes here, too, and covering 10 yeah, races. Correct. So my thought is, too. Small sample size. Small sample size. And if we're going to try to, you know, draw new fans in, new fans aren't going to 
aren't probably watching because the number one rebuttal we hear is they're just smashing the gas and going left. Perfect and example, like you mentioned before, Max Verstappen in last year, who dominated every race. So I think you can I think there should we should add a little bit more, you know, like you said, some of those battles or um you know on a elimination race, you know, a Martinsville. Um I thought they did a pretty good job, you know, with William Byron and what he was going through and Denny and all those guys. But I do think you could add more racing content. But again, I think it's a fine line because if we're trying to get new fans, you know, a new fan is probably not watching because they don't, I don't know. I think they took the right avenue to try to draw new fans in. But now we need to get it more. You know, that could be, they could be plucking ideas from the Three Stones Picker when, as we're, changing our format weekly at a time here sometimes to see if we can get more reviews or what draws the most impressions or whatever else. And all joking aside, that is another avenue that they could look at doing is formatting them a little bit differently. Look at formatting your episodes a little bit differently. What, what, what draws the views? What had the most view time? What had the most rewatches? Like, but I think also now that, and given they haven't announced a second season yet, but if they do a second season, you're going to probably have a lot of the same guys in this that are being covered. You don't need to dive into the personalities for them guys because yep. you covered it in season one type of thing. Yeah, because Tyler Reddick's cat was on the counter. <laughs> yep. If you introduce anybody, sure, you do a little a synopsis. But, okay, now we've got all of our guys introduced Let's focus in on the on the production meetings, on the race, on the side by side battles. We can focus a little bit more on the yeah the, the racing operations. Correct. So I guess I don't know that we've gotten a, a definitive answer from anybody. So I'll pose this question: One, they haven't announced season two, but if they did season two, would you guys like more episodes? I think that's a pretty clear cut yes. Yes. Yep. So my question is, who knows if what they're doing or producing right now, but do you think it would be beneficial to do, I don't know how you're going to do it, but a full season? Or so, do you like just, hey, maybe let's do three races before the playoffs and then follow kind of the same format, give a little bit more lead up to the playoffs? That right there. That's your money line. The lead up into the playoffs. Because you get that anticipation and guys start worrying. You know, we talk about it, you know, on our podcast of you getting that time of the year where you're starting to figure out if you're going to make the playoffs or not. There's a lot of pressure that goes into that as well. So I think there's, and there's a lot of storylines. So I think if, if you'd hit those three races, five races before the, the season championship or including the season championship, that adds to it. And that could be your, one or two episodes, maybe even three episodes that lead into that. Right. I agree. Uh, I think a full season is too much. I agree. A full too many races. Too many races, too much travel. There's way too much to track and go on and where these guys are traveling. And But so, I think it needs to be a little bit more lead-in than just, oh, it's the playoffs, here we are. And Cam, you had even mentioned too, like having a synopsis of what happened throughout the entire season. One episode could literally just be on that. Correct. 
No kidding. Let's let's spend a 40-minute video going over highlights, race winners. I did like their playoff graphics, the points and the red and the green yep. who's in. Great yep. graphics. Let's spend, you know, 30 minutes on on an episode recapping the regular season up until five races before the playoffs, which is where we're going to jump in. Let's go yep. over race winners. Maybe if they're filming a little bit, you know, here are a couple behind the scenes, you know, whatever. But so my question is, we're all pretty much in agreement. What do you guys think ideal for a season with NASCAR, knowing it's going to be playoffs? How many episodes do you guys think would be? Ten. I think that's yeah. plenty. I'd say like eight to 15. I don't have a set number. I'm going to say somewhere between eight and 15. I'm going to, I'm going to say 10 around 45 minute episodes. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't have a set number. I think it all depends on what, how much the storyline you want to cover. So I'm not going to, I, I wouldn't say a specific episode number, but I would, I would more lead in, but I don't know if that turns into one episode or three episodes or two. I don't know. I'm going to say 12. And I'm going to say keep them at 45 minutes apiece. There's 10 playoff races. And so that'll give you enough time. You know, if you go, that'll give you enough time to cover each race in depth, but not spend a full episode on it. And then also being able to incorporate some of the behind the scenes, the competition meetings, the driver's lives, the, you know, whatever. So I, I don't know. I don't know why I have 12 in my head, 10 to 12. Just being there's 10 playoff races. Not an hour apiece for a playoff race, but it'll give you enough time to dive deeper into yep. those. Because um, I did feel like in some of those episodes, they were maybe cutting ourselves a little bit short on the rate. We kind of talked about the racing content. Like some of those races, like Martinsville is – I mean that's oh yeah to, that's the race to go to the Super Bowl in football. So it's yep. like if that's the race to go to the Super Bowl, like I want give me play by play of what happened in the game to go to the Super Bowl. How did yeah, they get there? And I think there could be a, a ploy on your episode changes just being maybe maybe Martinsville and the championship race each get an episode. No, yeah. you you can do it that way, but it may affect what you do with the rest of your. Um, otherwise, otherwise, I was to say, you know, Martinsville and, and your championship race are the last episode. Make it an hour and a half. True, yeah, like grand finale kind of deal. Yep. Yeah. So I think, and we were talking about this. So like we're looking at these things, and we kind of just jumped right into the next kind of uh topic anyways as we were kind of looking at this but um so just kind of thinking about where do we go from here in terms of that so like when we talk about drawing new fans in um somebody that doesn't watch nascar i'm, I'm going to pose this question somebody that doesn't watch nascar but watched the netflix series and asks you what race should i go watch well so before you before we get to the race portion i'm glad you brought this up because I was searching for this tweet. Jeff Glock put this tweet out uh, after Daytona. Okay. Uh, so this is Jeff Glock has his own podcast with Jordan Bianchi called The Teardown. 
just it's a post race podcast recapping the race. So he had a comment on there, and I'll I'll pretty much read the entire thing because it's all good stuff. Uh, says this was the first race, and this is after they watched the Netflix series. This is the first race I watched after becoming invested, following the Netflix show, and overall it was an enjoyable time. This was a great article talking about the podcast. Uh, and cleared up some confusion confusion at the ending. So thanks for that. So the fan was able to get some clarification from the reporters, start building that basis. The race was definitely good enough to keep me watching. So now we'll have to see how long that lasts. It's going to have to be some high quality racing for me to be able to put up with how little I relate with the culture surrounding the sport. So let's hope they keep it up. Okay. So basically the series got them hooked. First race talking about Daytona set the president. Now it's that season long grind. So and trying to adapt to the culture. Correct. So you get you get that question. So going from that, you you interact you're interacting with someone that doesn't really watch NASCAR. They ask you, what is one race this year that I have to watch? Where are you sending them? Or I mean, two. there's there's two that pop to mind. Okay. Daytona 500. Yep. And the Bristol Night Race. Okay. Maybe I'll throw a third one. Throw in uh, Kansas. I think okay. Kansas is probably one of the better half-mile races. So those three races. Cam? So if I'm talking to somebody who just watched the NASCAR, the, Nat, the Netflix series, just finished the completion... They're asking you. They're asking you, what race should I go to? What race should I watch? I'm gonna watch one race this year. Which one am I watching? So, I mean, it's hard to to say one, but I guess if I'm gonna say one, I guess you'd have to say the Daytona 500. Most sports wait the end of the year for their biggest event. I mean. Yes, NASCAR, the championship race in Phoenix is a big event. But the Daytona 500 means more to drivers. It's comparable to the Indy 500 of IndyCar. Correct. And that's the first event of the year. It Probably the only NASCAR event of the year that they're sending drivers home that do not qualify for it. Correct. But it's also that race that I don't care how I finish in this race. There's only one thing that matters and when it's winning this race. Correct. Season the season starts after Daytona. Correct. And it, so I I was going to say there's I would say like my 3 or 4 that I would have to say is obviously the Daytona 500 that's a big one. Um the second one I'm going to have to say you're going to watch a championship race. Watch watch yep. the Super Bowl racing. I mean or comparable to it uh watch our championship race. And then probably in the middle somewhere, a Bristol night race, a Texas. Um, I wouldn't, I, I feel like a Texas would, would put on a good, yep. a good uh, product that that'd be another one. So those would probably be like my three or four. So I would say oh. I, I don't have a race in mind, but something it's no knock on Sunday afternoon race and it's fantastic, but Racing under the lights is different. You know, like they always yeah. call, you know, like the Friday night lights, oh, yeah. like high school football. It's like, 
they always say like, oh, if there's nothing like high school football on Friday nights, there's racing under the lights is different. And it, I would say, I don't know what it would be, but get them something, a Daytona 500 under the lights, uh, Bass Pro Shops cutoff race at Bristol under the lights, uh, Texas under the lights, a Coke 600. I mean, I don't know that I'd send them to the Coke 600 being the longest race of the well, year. But, <laughs> I mean, but I would something under the lights because the cars, the experience, like it just yep. feels bigger. It feels more important. It feels, I don't know, under the lights. I feel like it's just a different atmosphere. You phrased the question too of what race should I watch? I would say just go to whatever go to race you can go to. Just go to a race. This is you're, it's going to be a completely different experience, and that could be that you know you're that hook line and sinker. That could be the one that all right, there it is. That's that's the bug. Very true. Yeah, very very true. So I would say that do that way. Go to a race that is nearby to you. And that's how you're going to enjoy it the best. Do Perfect. all the, do all the, and do everything that goes with it. Do the, you know, getting into the infield grass and seeing the cars line up, take your pictures, get the scanner rental, you know, do everything that you can so you can get that full experience. This is very true. I think that's where you're going to really make it up at, but that could be something too. And that's where the whole LA Coliseum experiment came into play too. Not necessarily an experiment, but that's where that came into play. We're drawing people in that don't necessarily have that access to it with the possibility of bringing new fans. Very true. So as as we kind of dig into like you see more of the charismatic side of these guys, especially Denny, um, with just how animated he is, did this series make you more of a fan or less of a fan of particular drivers? I definitely, uh, I have a lot more, I don't know if I want to call it respect or more of a fan of, I know you're not big on this, but Hamlin, honestly, he carried the show, I think. True, he carried but the you, show. You saw, you saw a different aspect of him. I think Byron, too. Because I saw the determination that he's got. Yeah. Damn. So I would, I, if there's two, I think I saw, I think those are two guys that I got really more invested into. And honestly, I didn't have a guy that I really hated, you know, lost, lost interest in. If I'm so going to be completely honest. If I had to say stock up, no change or stock down. I actually I shouldn't say there's no driver that I would say was a stock down. Like there's no driver that I thought that they threw in there that I was like, hey, you don't belong here, or you it was a shitty story. I don't think there was I thought the drivers they all had in there fit well, deserved to be in there. So I don't think there's anybody that was bad. Um, but if I would say there was no change in the way I look at them, Reddick, Bubba. Chastain, those three guys, it was like, yeah, it's fun following along with you guys. Bubba, his storyline, not expected to be in the playoffs, gets in the playoffs, starts rattling off points, just following along him on the cut line. He was good. But I will say stock up, and I would say whether it's more respect, more likable, 
you just admire the craft and their work ethic. Denny, Byron, and Christopher Bell. Oh, I think Christopher Bell 100%. That opening line. So you guys didn't expect me to make it far. That gave yep. you that underdog right there. Yep. I think the respect come just comes in from Denny, just knowing the amount of wins he has. And not just that, but like, yeah, he can be an arrogant SOB and, <laughs> you know, whatever. But I think that really did admire the work ethic that goes into it and how bad he truly wants to win the championship. Yep. So it's like, am I going to like him more? I don't know. But I can tell you one thing. I sure as hell respect him a lot more. When he lost, I believe it was Darlington, because he won the first two stages and then had that mistake on pit road. And he's, you're sitting in the camper with him after that race, and you visibly saw how disappointed he was. It shows it that showed what it means to those guys for even one race. It showed Logano yep. sitting in his hauler after the Bristol night race. Am I in or am I out? That's in the dedication he had. That I think that is what drawing some showed those guys as well. I will say I just continue to like William Byron. Just you learn it. It's kind of a in a nice way, a, kind of kind of a nerd. Yeah. Um very yeah. analytical. Obviously, he yeah. very unique story being able to come up and work his way through the ranks on computer racing and but just the work ethic he has and the determination and him saying, you know, I just am continuing to get more comfortable and confident. Like I didn't really get confident in myself and what I knew till later in the year. So it's like, Cal, we, we had built a lot of Legos. He's a Lego guy. Um, (laughs) We built a lot of race cars with Legos. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And all those guys and the Christopher Bell, just the, the belief he has in himself. I know like he literally calls him out and says, yeah, everybody does believe doesn't, you know, everybody counts me out, but I believe that's in myself. Fine. Yeah. I'll prove, I, him wrong. Fine. I'll prove him wrong. So I don't know. Those three guys were fantastic. I yep. really enjoyed those three. Yeah. I, for me, I respect Hamlin. I just still am not a fan of him. He's not he's not my guy. It it's painstaking to put him in my fantasy lineup and go, I gotta root for eleven today. <laughs> Damn it. I'm just gonna choose to ignore that. But um no, I mean obviously the dude is uh outside of the championship conversation. I mean the dude's he'll be a Hall of Famer without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. Um so I I respect it and I respect him. I just I'm not a fan of him. Um, yep. Christopher Bell, um, Tyler Reddick was kind of one that I was like stock up. Um, just the little bits that they did on him, I I enjoyed those. Um, he kind it yeah. kind of showed that Tyler Reddick's kind of the goofball. Yeah, kind, not, not the, the goofball. Knuckle, yeah, he's not the knucklehead, but like it kind he kind of is, you know. Especially when they were at Talladega and he opened the door and 
here is the family dressed up as the Mario characters. Yeah, and they're down at the playground. And like, that was just off. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was, I would say, they're, again, definitely nobody down, but uh, not, a level of respect. Not a driver, but somebody that I definitely uh, became a fan of, and I think we could all agree with this, Booty Barker. We mentioned it earlier. Yeah. But getting that personality, literally, and then the point is like, the producer of the interview was like, you know, he talked about not getting too high on the highs and not too low on the lows. And that question stops there. And Barty's like, Hmm, I guess I lied to your ass. <laughs> yep. Just the perfect line. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Just perfect. I guess. So just kind of, we, we kind of posed it before, but you know, if they say next year, we up, we're going to follow five drivers in season two. What five drivers are you guys putting in there? Well, I think three guys out of the gate. Denny Hamlin, because he's your he was obviously the star of the show last time. I think yep. you get the same quality. Yep. I think William Byron, because I honestly like and I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think he's going to be a championship favorite for twenty four. And I think you have to throw Ryan Blaney there because he's your defending champ and you get that perspective. Okay. So there's, there's three out of the gate. Yep. I'm going to be a little biased here. I'll give you a fourth one. And we haven't mentioned him yet, which is kind of crazy, but young money's got to stay. Yes. He's and got I to hope... stay with the, with the dirt draw in the crossover of the dirt world. And I hope that, you know, again, if they do this next year, that they venture into that realm. They follow yeah, like, him to that track and yeah, follow follow him to his high limiting. He he owns. Yep. Go on, go with him on a Tuesday night. Look, hey, it's NASCAR Kyle Larson racing on the dirt. Yep. Give him give him ten minutes, a vested ten minutes in in uh, in an episode or twenty minutes of what he does on the side with the high limit stuff. And don't tell me high limits will not be accepting of that. Given yes, he is a, a owner of it, but I bet you anywhere that he goes. What it is with high limits, or he's running late models with the World of Outlaws, or whatever the case may be, Lucas Sturt. If oh, he's somewhere, oh, Flo absolutely. Oh, you know sure. the track is going to be all for it. Yep. The tracks going to get do that whatever they can just to get their name in there once, and they're yep. going to be on board with it. Amen. Who's the, who's the so, fifth one? I'm all for all four of those. I think all four of those got to stay. Denny just just gives you the the villain perspective, the guy that's been so close and he's gunning for it the guy yep. that the little train that could he's gunning for it his whole life keeps coming up short i think you get william byron the guy that wins a lot a favorite you get the yep. defending champ perspective fantastic i think kyle larson's gotta stay just with as much racing as he does across different series i mean shit if they're filming Yep, this we're gonna film him at the Indy 500. Yep, hop on the plane with him, and we're oh, going God. to a NASCAR race like three hours later. The double. Yep. This past weekend on Saturday night, he's racing a sprint car. Did he race a late model too? Yep. Last night, shit, he's racing a sprint car and a late model on a Saturday night after he qualified his Cup car on Saturday morning. Saturday night, he's on the dirt with a sprint car and a late model. Sunday morning, he's flying back to the NASCAR track. I don't know. I think 
he's got to stay. Um, I got a fifth one here. I got him sitting right here. Old Kyle Bush. Yep. I yeah. I think we need a little more, a little more of him. I think because because of Brexton too, you get a yeah. little bit of the now you got that next generation driver, and kind of get yep. that upbringing too. Yeah. So, like you saw Hamlin's kid in there, you, kids in there. You saw Logano's kids, and you saw Logano's kid in the go kart, but not enough to race. Where I think with Bush and Brexton, you can get that in there. Correct. Yep. So I'm gonna throw this out to you guys. What I think would be fine, the final two, in my mind, that I would debate out. Yep. Final two that I have in my mind would be either Brad K. Because that would be another driver owner perspective. Yes. Okay. Or my thought would be if we're gonna do it right, somebody who's runs well, has name in the mix, could go with the last two raw a Martin Truex Jr. Yeah. Now I know I know Truex is a very private guy to start off with. But even if you get him, like, I'm sure he goes fishing a ton and he's out in the woods when hunting season comes around. Like, even if you get that little perspective in there, I think that adds a ton. Correct. Even if he doesn't want to do anything at the track, if he says, all right, I'm going fishing today, you can bring your, your silly little camera on the boat. They'd be like, all right, perfect. We'll yep. Go. Yep. Yeah. Wasn't real personable when I asked him for a picture at Chicago. <laughs> picture graph, uh, yeah. And then I asked them. So, <laughs> it's probably get annoying. They do have enough media shit. So I asked them, Hey, you got a car you think that you can win this tomorrow? And he goes, quote unquote, dude, I don't fucking know. <laughs> so so <laughs> that was right after practice. I probably should have looked and see where he practiced before I fired away that question. That's funny. So I sign my shirt, get a picture, carry on. For, forget I asked yep, that. Yep. <laughs> you brought a Brad Keselowski, and I, I'm, I'm a fan of him to start off with and the things that he's doing over at RFK. If we're getting like that driver and owner perspective, Jimmy Johnson. Yep. The old seven-timer. Yep. Yeah. I think that'd be a I good mean, the hard part, the hard well. part is you have – the hard part is you have so many guys that you could stick in there, but you're stuck balancing the array of guys versus the storyline because you can't do a storyline on every single one. Otherwise, you'd have a 300-episode race season series on Netflix, you know? And if I'm Netflix, I think that's a good problem to have. Correct. You're putting yourself in a, in a, a bad, tough situation. Literally, it comes down to how much can we capture and what just ends up getting cut. Correct. But yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's a great bad problem to have. Yep. I mean, it's it's awesome to have that, but it's also tough making decisions. Going, sorry, insert driver, you only had nine minutes of video time. We it doesn't fit. Sorry, yep. you know. But so I guess what what is our what is our final what do we have any final initial reactions or final thoughts as we kind of wrap up here. 
new fan or diehard, watch it. I mean, even if you're not a fan of NASCAR, for anybody that are, are dirt fans listening to our stuff or any short track fans, you got to watch it just because I think you get a complete different sp- perspective. And I think, again, you get that personality with the drivers that kind of brings them back to earth type of thing. Yeah, they get to race on Sundays and they're well-known names, but you know they're not too far off from what we do anyways. Maybe except Hamlin flying in private planes and helicopters, but... Yeah. Yeah. I would say initial reaction. I mentioned it in in the intro. Fantastic. Must watch. Doesn't matter what series a dirt, what series racing or discipline you enjoy. I think this is again must watch. Um I think it just it really brings out what goes into this into our sport like you know as far as even tech inspection for some of those cars and like (laughs) the umbrella walk like guys walking with their umbrellas like and how just down to the nitty-gritty our sport is which on that steve latart was a good ad for that as well yeah Mm -hmm. Um, it just is fantastic and i think it just provides access to things that you can't even imagine i mean this is it shows the dedication from everybody correct and i mean this is i think I keep using football, but I mean, this is, you are in the locker room with the football team. You are listening to what plays they're going to run. You are listening to the strategy they have. You're I mean, getting the, you get, you're you get the story everything. of the coaches, the practice squad. Yeah, you get everything. And I think if you're not a fan, I think this is a fantastic place to start. To get to get a baseline and understand just how this works and what goes into it. And from there, cannonball in and just continue to watch and hopefully yep. they build on this because I think this is just it just is fantastic for just showing showcasing our sport some of the best of the best that we have and racing yep. on and off the track, the best we got. I think another point I want to try to make, and this is more of a PSA for our diehard dedicated fans is be accepting and be kind of a tutor or a a mentor to the new fans that are wanting to get into this, answer the questions that they got, take them to a race. You know, it's, we all want to see it do good. And the new fans is what's going to help it make it do good. Yeah. Point them in the right direction. Throw them a bone. Make it foolproof. Yep. Because that one person, they could tell another 10 people, and now you've that 10 turns into 200, and you just never know. Yep. You never you never really know. But, no, I I, I second all that. I mean, I, you look, I, I mean, I've watched it two and a half times now. I think I'm on <laughs> episode three, like the third time or something. Sure. Um, I'm just, I keep watching just because it is, it's just done well. Yep. So, um, 
I'm probably I'm probably going to keep it permanently downloaded on my phone for whatever I want to at least watch it. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be certainly one of those trusty things when you when you go there ain't nothing on TV. What am I going to watch? I'll flip it on. Yep, for sure. So that's for the that nights was- when everything gets rained out. Yeah, I was just gonna say I think season. I think I'm gonna go back tonight and start another. I start it over again. Yep. Just laying in bed. Yep. I finally got my own Netflix account too. At boy, nice. So, getting, <laughs> moving up in the world. Time, time to, to get st- you. time to stop poaching from other people. Well, now, now to get yourself your own uh, other racing streaming services. So yep. slowly time but for- surely. Yeah, time to stop poaching from other people, and so I just ponied up and did it, and did the the six bucks a month with ads. So in a fifty minute episode, it's three ads, and I'm like, you know what? I could care less. So, yep. Um, um I do want to kudos to Netflix too. I don't think you could have had about any other better production crew to take on this task. Yep. Absolutely. And NASCAR was open to it. Steve Phelps, the president, said this was huge. We're hoping to build off of it. So I think you got a great rapport between the higher ups of NASCAR as well. So, yeah. So I think it was, yeah, I think it was a fantastic job all around. I think it did its job and drawn people in and given a good mix and. Hopefully this is a stepping stone. We continue to just build on it. And yeah, it, it was awesome. Yep, absolutely. So as we kind of wrap this up for, for those um kind of the same as Netflix, if you if you're catching and listening to us just chit-chat here on the Netflix series on NASCAR, um, we have our weekly Tuesday track talk podcast that comes out every week. So um Hop over there, check those out, give those a listen. Uh, we cover anything from dirt asphalt to NASCAR to wing sprints to late models to short track circle racing is what it comes down to. Um, so um, inside those episodes, you'll get a couple of race recaps, um, major storylines. You'll get a few uh, short race previews, but then we'll also put out race preview videos individually throughout the week. So. Um, if you're looking for something to listen to or watch or learn more of this racing realm, uh, huge, huge, uh, opportunity here at the YouTube channel as well. So you guys check that out. Um, subscribe, you can hit that bell and then you can see when all the videos come out as well. So, um, kind of a little parallel for that. Um, for those that might be tuning in for the first time. Um, so for those that are coming back and watching on the regular. We appreciate it. We always appreciate the likes and the listens and the views. Um, Spotify is going as well. So make sure you're all you're listening on the go on Spotify um, as we finish up. So thanks for taking a listen and then uh, be on the lookout for the next Tuesday track talk podcast episode. We'll catch you guys next time.